Hey, what's up you guys? Welcome back to Maximum Bumpitude. We have taken quite a long break, but we are back once more. We were hibernating. Say hello everybody. For a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we had our we had our um pandemic or pandy um something. <laughs> it, yeah. 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 You know, we're all having a rough time with it, it so it's okay. You'll forgive us. We're not giving you an option. Because we're in a global pandemic that we would, you know, like, crank out episodes consistently. No, 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 Yeah, no, you'd no. think it would be yeah, productive. No, no. You'd think you'd be super productive, but... but we no. weren't. So, my friends, what have y'all been doing in this extended little break we've had? Uh, dying. I've been dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Indeed. Slowly on the inside. I've been. Yeah, haven't we I've all? been mostly sleeping. You would be surprised how much one person can sleep. Think of a number. It's more than that. <laughs> uh, I just been doing a lot of school stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's mainly what I've been doing. One semester. Trying to find internships. Yeah, one semester left, baby. Yeah. Well, not for Emma. Damn. Wow, you, you just had to bring that up, huh? You just had to bring up my existential crisis. Not huh? me, though. <laughs> I still have another year. <laughs> Dude, my last semester sucked. I, I spilled water on my computer um, right before finals and right before I had to finish writing my, uh, like, senior paper. And it was terrible. One time I spilled nail so, polish remover on my computer, but it didn't break it. Oh, It just broke the keyboard. That's great. I broke mine. I'm sorry. I just wanted to share my story. Yeah, I, I couldn't fix it. It's okay. You see, it wasn't okay at the time, but it's fine you now. You see, for me, I didn't even do anything wrong to my computer. Yeah, I've had to have it fixed, like, three times after doing nothing wrong to it. And it just stopped working twice right before finals. <laughs> Maybe you just got bad vibes. Yeah, maybe your vibes I just guess. fucking ruined it. I got it. rancid vibes. Maybe you got rancid vibes. You ever think about that? I got rancid vibes. That's what it the is. The cool thing about my computer... Or maybe it's just because Mac hates everybody. Yeah, Mac sucks. But Apple in general. But I don't even have a Mac. But I have this cool thing with my computer is that I have to, like, hold the power cord in a very specific way or else it won't charge. And then it also started it's doing this thing. Like yeah, I, I don't. I also are doing this thing where, it, like, I'll close the laptop, but it won't turn off. So it'll just, like, stay on and, like, drain the battery, like, while it's closed. So I don't know what that's about. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's technology. been... Well, it's, it's been... It's, it's served me well for four years, so... Pat, pat. Yeah. I was patting. Don't jinx yourself, Ellie. <laughs> I had one semester right left. Before finals, right before your last bit of finals. God, that would suck. Eh, they'd be fine. It'd be fine. <laughs> it's not. You say that. I mean, you at least that. you live with you your brother, oh, so whatever. I could snatch his computer. He uses it for gaming mostly. Yeah. I'm like gaming. Gamer. Gamer girl writes. I got it. <laughs> you got games. Life is a game. And baby, I'm winning. Hell yeah, brother. Don't laugh at me, but I just bought a gaming headset <laughs> for my Xbox. Emma, well, you're such a gamer girl. 
Is it pink? You could get a pink headset and then like a pink gamer girl chair. It is not pink. Man. It is green. You're, you're really shattering <laughs> like the gender so. binary here. You're breaking down walls you for know, gamer girls everywhere. Do. <laughs> yeah. One day, gamer girls will be accepted into society. Gamer girls. Are you going to sell your bathwater? They didn't have pink. That was just... I will not sell my bathwater now. Number one, because my bathtub does not allow me to do a bath at all. Uh, it only lets me do showers because oh, the thing broke. The oh, drain on mine isn't working either. So sometimes if I want to take a bath, I'll just get a washcloth and put it over the drain. So the water will slowly mm-hmm. leak out while I'm taking a bath. So I had to keep but the water running. You could sit there in a naked ball for just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could just kind Indulgence. of think about it for a little bit. Yeah, I can almost imagine that this is nice. like luxury. Yeah. Man. Hey, so not, what else have I been doing? Clothes, so it's all good. You know what? It's fine. Oh, yeah. Just... The winter storm just happened this past week. We could talk <laughs> about that happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. It didn't really do it where I live. Well, where I, like, go to school. It it was fine. It Like, a couple pipes bursted, but there was no real ice or snow or anything. So it was fine. Bro. It was just cold. Here... Here, there was ice everywhere. Like, I, like, went out to my car, and it was, like, a sheet of ice over, like, the entire thing. I, like, scraped off the first sheet of ice, and there was another sheet of ice. I know, that was a big frozen cube. It was so, like, I had to, like, force my door open to get inside, because I was trying to, like, warm it up so it, like, didn't die from sitting there, because my car is very sensitive about just sitting idle and not moving, so I needed to crank it, and it was... It was not fun. No. Wow. Man, like, we couldn't drive anywhere. Like, I, ha- I have a gas station near my apartment, and I uh, walked to the gas station a couple times to get Sprite, the height of luxury, again. And, um, <laughs> the necessities. Yeah, and one time I was walking back from the, from, from the gas station, and I certainly did fall and slip on my ass. <laughs> I just... I, just <laughs> and, uh, I walked with Andrew around, and, and, uh, around our apartment, and he fell... A couple of times, and it was very entertaining. Yeah, and, I, and then the sprites busted open, and then there were sprites everywhere on the ground, and I had to deal with that. Oh, it was no. okay. That's so sad. <laughs> there was no... Like, there was a person driving by me exactly when that happened, and I was like, damn it, I've been witnessed. You were someone... You, you know, someone went... Wherever they were going, they told that story. I mean, at least I can mm-hmm. have some comfort in that. That's nice, actually. You've been memorialized. Well, I've been memorialized here, too. Oh, yeah. On our hit syndicated podcast. With our, um... When you said on here, I kind of forgot that we were podcasting. I'm not gonna lie. Man, what's a podcast? On where? Where? (laughs) In your hearts. In your heart and in your mind and in your soul. (laughs) Forever and always. And in your guts. <laughs> that was beautiful as well. That seems like that will be the end of the episode, but it isn't. No. What are we it's doing It's actually today? the start. What is the... What's in the agends? So, we decided that we were going to read some short stories, but 
we didn't really feel like dealing with like copyright and getting permission from people. So we're using Ellie and my story that we have written for classes or just for fun. I don't know about Ellie, what she wrote hers for. Mine was for a class. One of mine was for and a class. we're going to read them and talk about them. Ah, uh, so. short stories. God bless you. I have no creative writing skills. So I will just be a colorful commentator and interjecting my opinions into your writing but I just want you to know beforehand that I wholeheartedly respect your work because I could never do this. So, just don't get your feelings hurt. <laughs> oh, wait, we didn't talk about my cat. We didn't talk about the kitty cat. Oh, yeah, Ellie got a cat. I just stole one from the outside. She, she's <laughs> offered a cat sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Or did the cat offer me sanctuary? Tabasco, right? Tabasco is the cat's name. Because she looked like a tabby and a calico, like a mix between them. So I called her Tabasco. I say we, but yeah. <laughs> Thank it you. It was just, it was just <laughs> you. <laughs> Twas lie. But you know, she's cute so and she says meow our, sometimes. Um, cute Tabasco is now our mascot. Um, any complaints yes. will be forwarded to her. And you can take it up with her. <laughs> and she will eat them. Yeah, you can contact her on our email. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just say, just say, be, like, start, start emails. Your... Yeah. Start emails with add Tabasco. Her. We'll let her, I'll let her walk on the keyboard to answer you. Sometimes she does that. Mm-hmm. I call her, they're cat messages. They're secret little messages just from the cats. <laughs> you love to see it. Okay, so do we want to read Ellie's first or mine? I have no preference. This is also why I keep sniffing, by the way, is because I'm allergic to cats a little bit. Anybody got a reply? I'm sniffing a little bit. <laughs> no, Emma, we're gonna ignore. Sorry, what I was said. I was distracted by my own sniffing. Cat. I'm sorry for trying to push the episode forward. Okay. <laughs> They can read mine first. My apologies. This should be a Tabasco-centered episode. It should be. We can read the Guardian Angel Not sponsored one. by Tabasco. Although, Tabasco sauce, if you do want to sponsor us, there is a cat that we can claim is named after you. I mean, yeah. Yes. It basically is. Basically. So, Ellie, you said you'd go first? Um, we can read mine about the Guardian Angel. Hell yeah. Let's do this. God, I don't like reading my own work. Creatively write or or read to me. Okay, so did you write this one on your own or for the class? This one was just on my own, just for a laugh. Well, actually, some of my other friends and I wanted to write some short stories, just for funsies. I said I was going to change the name in this one, but I didn't. Am I going to read this whole thing? I guess just replace the names as you're reading. I won't remember. Oh, Alright, well then just go for it. <laughs> it's not a real person. It's not named a real person. It's just the person we also know. I know, that I name. know. And our, and our beautiful oh, audience does too. Has that name. Oh no, wait. Which person has that name? It's Alice. Oh, she doesn't care. Well, I mean, I know. I just thought it would be confusing. No, just know this is not the Alice who listeners have heard before. This is a fiction. Yeah, disclaimer, this is not about Alice who has been a <laughs> podcast host on here. 
Um, this is not the same Alice that has lusted after Sam Elliott. <laughs> I mean, you never know. I mean, who knows? That could be a very Real. integral part of the story. <laughs> I'm just stalling now. Okay, should, should I just just read that damn thing? Yeah, just go for go it. Go for it. Just all of it, we me? We support you. Okay, so this is a story I wrote called My Guardian Deer. I'm not very good at titles, so that was the title I picked. Okay. When I was seven, I nearly drowned. Funny, then, that I never really was afraid of water. I became a swimmer, even, for a short time, though I wasn't ever very good at it. I liked to sit beneath the water when practice was over and look up at the electric lights flared by the chlorinated water. It's always interesting to change your perspective. But I digress. When I was seven, my parents took me out on their friend's boat. Their kid was around my age, so we were playing together, running around the boat and chasing each other. When we were playing, we ended up very near the edge of the boat, and I dropped a toy up the side. Some sort of action figure, I think. As I stretched out my hand to grab it, I lost my balance and fell into the water. My head cracked against the hard plastic of the boat as I tumbled in. It took only seconds for me to be completely submerged. My vision flickered as I felt blood leaking from the cut on my forehead and billowing around my head like a halo, but I didn't cry. My thoughts came dull and unhurried as I sank further and further. That's when I saw her. A girl, around my age. She frowned at me. I didn't look, it didn't look like she was swimming, more like the water was shifting to accommodate her. She cocked her head at me as I drifted, and as my vision tunneled, I felt her take my hand. When I next woke, I was in an ambulance, sirens screaming as my parents' faces smiled worriedly down at me and told me everything would be alright. I needed a few stitches for the cut in my head, and I had a mild concussion, but otherwise escaped mostly unharmed. The girl slipped my mind, and truth be told, I forgot about her entirely in the coming weeks of pampering for my parents and the other kids ooing and aahing at my new scar. When I was 15, I was in a car accident. My friend Natalie had just gotten her driver's license. Natalie was the oldest of all of us, so we were ecstatic at her becoming a real adult, hoping to taste by proxy a bit of the independence that came with being able to transport yourself. She announced over lunch that we were all going to the movies after school to celebrate her becoming our new chauffeur. Um, sorry, one second. I was reading the <laughs> Sorry, this is hard to read. You're doing amazing, sweetie. When the You're final doing bell- amazing, sweetie. <laughs> when the final bell rang, we all piled in, jostling each other and bouncing excitedly as she cranked the car. It wasn't a big car. It's in all fairness, more of us were shoved in there than was strictly legal, but none of us minded. Natalie pulled out of the parking lot and we were off. The trip was uneventful, really, until it wasn't. Honestly, I'm still not entirely sure what happened. When I woke up later in the hospital, I think they told me about an 18-wheeler that ran a light, but I was too dropped up to remember much. It was probably for the best, anyway. All I remembered was a scream, a flash of white, and then everything seemed to go quiet. Eerily so. The music turned off, I said, nonsensically. At least, I tried to say. Nothing came out. I realized the windshield in front of me was covered in spiderweb cracks. The seat I was sitting in was misshapen, crumpled. I looked down at my lap. I remember thinking that legs weren't supposed to bend that way when... Alice. I looked up at the sound of my name, ignoring the spreading numbness threatening to overtake my mind. The shattered windshield was gone, and its place was clear, empty air, and a girl, faintly glowing. I recognized her. She frowned at me, just like last time, and stepped closer. I reached out to her, and she threw back sharply. You don't want to do that, she said, but there was more fear in her voice than anger. I remember you, I said. I was, surpri- I was surprised I could speak at all. She was so beautiful it was hard to think. 
Or maybe that was just the blood loss. The girl's frown deepened. You really shouldn't. That didn't make any sense to me, especially in my adult state. Why not? She, she sighed. She looked scared, I think. I felt bad for her. I remember wondering what could possibly make her so scared and felt a strange, sudden urge to make that terrible thing all better. She seemed unsure of what to say for a moment before she opened her mouth again. Just rest, Alice. You'll be fine. The ambulance is nearly here. Then she turned as if to leave. Wait, I yelped. She looked back, to, back at me, a strange expression on her face. Sad, but maybe hopeful. Will you please, will you stay with me until, until the ambulance? I'm, I'm scared, I admitted. So quietly, I hoped she wouldn't hear. The girl sighed again, but she looked at me with a small smile that said she truly didn't mind. She sat down next to me, seeming to conjure a seat out of midair. A quiet moment passed, and I reached my hand out to her. Can I? She looked at me, and a thousand different expressions flitted across her face. Finally, she settled on the look I couldn't place, carefully neutral. I... I suppose so. No real harm in it now. She carefully extended her hand, taking mine in hers. I grasped her hand tightly like it was the only thing keeping me tethered. It was warm and soft. The girl looked at me with lips parted, eyes wide. She leaned closer. That was the last thing I remembered before I woke up in a hospital bed. My leg was broken in two places, which, considering, wasn't as bad as it could have been. Add to that a couple broken ribs, a punctured lung, a couple broken ribs, a punctured lung, and a half a dozen brutal lacerations that each required stitches, and you get a lengthy hospital stay, months of physical therapy, and absolutely no time or energy for thinking of the strange woman I had seen. When I was 24, I tried to kill myself. There wasn't even really anything special about that day. I think it might have been a Thursday. I stopped at the liquor store on the way home and grabbed a bottle of whiskey and drank it from the bottle as I drove home and sat cross-legged on top of my bed. The world was so beautifully distant as I sat there, staring at a point on the wall and imagining life continuing on and on and on every day, just like this one, until I died due to accident or illness or age or... I took another swig of whiskey, grimacing at the taste. My roommate had told me she would be out late tonight. To be honest, I hadn't remembered that until I sat down, but to my numb brain, it felt like a stroke of luck too good to pass up. I didn't leave a note. I chucked a handful of sleeping pills and washed them down with whiskey. I paused for a moment, and then for good measure downed another handful as well. Then I laid down on the bed and waited for the anxious roiling in my stomach to subside. There was a strange desperation that comes with realizing that you might have just done something irreversible. I put my head between my legs and made myself breathe in and out, trying to ignore the fate I might have just damned myself to. After a bit more whiskey, I calmed down enough to lay still on the bed, on top of the covers. I let my heavy eyes close. When I woke, the woman, the woman was there again. This time, she looked angry, furious even. With no hesitation, she ran up to me and grabbed me by the arm. What the fuck did you do, Alice? I smiled at her. I'm glad I could see you again, I replied, ignoring the question. You're even more beautiful than last time. Shut up, damn, damn it, I don't know what to do. I didn't think this would happen today. I should have known better. The woman muttered to herself, running her hands through her hair as she paced in front of me. I reached out and grabbed her hand again. Why are you crying? I asked. It wasn't what I had intended to say, but when I saw the tears run down her face, I couldn't bring myself to think of anything else. I was supposed to protect you, she said, tears flowing more freely now. I knew this was coming, and I didn't, I didn't prepare well enough, and you're going to die, and I was supposed to stop it. What? It seemed like the only sensible question to ask. My mind was swirling with alcohol and confusion. I'm your angel, she said, that collapsed on the bed next to me, taking my hand, my other hand in hers. Her sh shoulders shook with sobs. 
Oh, I said, as if that made any sense at all. But in a way, I guess it did. That feeling of being protected that followed me my whole life, that soft presence I sometimes felt near me when I was alone. Was that real? Was that her? We're supposed to look after humans, grow with them, protect them, learn from them if we can. Love. Her face grew fond for a moment, then achingly sad. Love them. But I, I failed you, Alice. I'm so, so sorry. You don't deserve to die here. I sat silent for a second, processing. Tears were still flowing, and I felt a desperate urge to wipe them away. Well, I started, looking at her in the eyes. They were golden bright like halos around her dark pupils. I'm not dead yet. She looked back, gold, gold eyes swirling. What? I'm not dead yet, I repeated. I've, I've been here before, and spied, so why not this time? Alice, you don't have long, and there's no one to help. I looked and looked. You're here, I interrupted, squeezing her hand. I, we aren't allowed to, direct, to directly interact with the physical realm. It could cost me my, my job, my purpose. What if I want to live? The woman stopped rambling and looked at me, eyes wide. Her mouth parted, and she spoke quietly, earnestly. Hopefully. Do you? I felt my heart hammer in my chest, still beating, at least for now. I wanted, suddenly, to keep it that way. Wanted it like I wanted this woman to keep holding my hand forever. I, I think I do. Now that I know there's someone, there's someone looking out for me. I really don't want to die because I think, I think it might make you sad. Her eyes shone with unshed tears. Would you live for me, Alice? I, I sat back again, dizzy and confused. I want, I want you to stay with me. I'll always be here, she promised, stroking her thumb over the back of my hand. I'll always be looking out for you as best I can. I frowned, but I won't be able to see you or talk to you. The woman smiled sadly. I'm afraid not. This is, this is sort of a one-way street. You shouldn't really be remembering these meetings, but I, I might have accidentally given you the gift of sight when I, when I held your hand that first time. Oh, there was really nothing else to say to that. I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm glad I got to see you. She smiled. She was still crying, I realized. Will I see you again? I whispered hoarsely. She squeezed my hand. I hope not for a very long time, for your sake. But you'll, you'll be with me? Always? The woman looked at me, and I swear I had never felt love that great until that very moment. Always. I didn't think. I reached my hands up to her face and cradled it as softly as I could, and kissed her gently. We parted, and her eyelashes fluttered as she looked at me with something approaching wonder. I didn't know angels could blush, I said, ignoring my own crimson cheeks. She smiled, smooth and genuine. I didn't either. We spent a few moments like that before suddenly the woman remembered the crisis and jumped back into gear. She dialed the ambulance and sat back down beside me, stroking my hand as we waited. Are you going to be all right, Alice? She asked me. I thought for a moment. Yes, I said, surprising myself when I realized it wasn't a lie. I think I will be. The sirens were approaching outside, and I felt a sudden desperation as I looked at this woman, the stranger whom I barely knew, who was completely, irrevocably in love with. Will you wait for me? I blurted out, then clapped a hand over my mouth. She looked at me, clearly amused. What? I want, I want to be with you. Will you wait for me until I'm done here? On Earth? She looked at me for a moment, seemingly shocked, then burst into laughter. What's so funny? I asked, confused. I'll never leave you, she reassured me. I wouldn't ever want to. I've seen you, Alice, all of you, and you're beautiful. I sat stunned. Me? She nodded. You know, I fucked up terribly in a lot of ways with you, Alice. Broken a lot of rules. I probably won't be allowed to keep protecting people for long after this. But you, Alice, 
You're worth it all. I was shocked. Me? Alice? With my frazzled hair like I didn't bother to look in the mirror before I left the house? With my messy room, my disastrous career that was going nowhere, with my body lying comatose on the bed beside her? She loved me? I... I don't know what to say. The woman smiled again, warm, familiar. I do love you, Alice. I'll wait for you. And until you're ready, I'll watch over you and keep on loving you every second I do it. People were knocking on the door now, and I felt my vision growing black around the edges. The woman smiled at me as I laid back, remembering how to fit inside my body again. She turned to leave, and my stomach twisted awfully. Wait, I whispered. She turned back immediately and knelt down next to me. I don't know your name, I said as the blackness creeped in. She smiled and squeezed my hand. I heard the sound of the EMTs rushing into the room, and then the world went dark. I woke with a name on my lips. Samara. When I was 97, I closed my eyes. It was a pleasant dream I found myself in. All my adopted children, their children, and my old friends all next to me, joking and laughing and living. I didn't say a word, just sat and watched the angels as they drifted close behind, steering kids away from sharp objects and convincing parents to put down the line once they'd had enough. Hey, a familiar voice behind me said. I grinned. Is it time already? Samara laughed. I turned around and saw her, now wrinkled and old like me. She smiled. She was more beautiful than I had remembered. You sure took your time. Thought you'd decided to stay forever. Never, I said. I wits. I stood up on aching bones and took her hand one last time. Are you ready, Alice? I looked back at my friends, my family, every life I had touched since that day so many years ago when I had seen Samara for the last time. I let myself cry, just a little, at the end of an era. Thank you, I said as I looked. You deserved every second of your life you lived. I'm sure that all agree. My friends toasted me and I felt my heart ache in my chest. They're there too, you know, Samara said. I turned away from my loved ones and towards, and towards Samara, my angel. You'd better hurry on then, I said, stepping forward. I'd love for them to meet you. And we stepped together into the nothing. Okay. Oh, that was so cute. <laughs> love it. It's gay. That was so cute. My I love the ending. Oh, I'm a sucker. It made me feel all warm inside. I think it's cute. I think it's kind of overdone, but also I wanted to do it. Yeah, it's so cute. I really like it. Oh my goodness, it's so cute. I think you, you did a really good the, spin um, to it. Fuck, what were they called? Halo series? I read some of them, but I wasn't much of a it fan of them. Good, but <laughs> oh no, I didn't care for them. But I love the concept of the of the angels and stuff. Yeah, the concept great. What are the other? What are other angel ones? Oh, <gasps> hush, hush. That one. That's the one. Those were, Chef's Kiss, so good. I remember. <laughs> I loved those. They were solid. I love those. <laughs> They're so angsty. Do you remember, like, in the second one? Is it in the second or the third one? Third one. He, like, dips or something? What? Do you remember? It's like the, in the, there were four books, right? I don't think I ever finished the series. Oh, man, my foot fell asleep so hard. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, if you any of you guys have listened, have read those books, or are into YA stuff, highly recommend. 
quintessential. It has all the tropes. It's very teen YA. Bad boy. Yeah, it's so YA. Anyway, Emma. Yay. Talking for that long hurt me. All right. That was a great story, Ellie. Thanks. I loved it, Ellie. 10 out of 10. I am a, I am a sucker for a good angel story. They're great. Take me back to my to my youth. I like me a happy <laughs> ending. Yeah, I do too. I don't get enough of those. All right. Emma, are you going to read your... Unfortunately, mine is not a happy ending. Hell yeah. I love a, <laughs> I love a sad ending too, <laughs> It's not a happy ending, really. <laughs> but, uh... It'll be interesting. Yes. Tell us. So, I wrote mine for a creative writing class at my old college. It was for a fiction into film class. And so, we were supposed to write just a short story first, so that's what this is, and then somebody else in our class would transform that short story into, like, a script, and then your last thing is if that one got chosen, it would be taken and taken to, like, a short film, but it was pretty cool. Woo! Yeah. Let's get this bread, as the kids say. Let's bread this get. Let's bread this get? <laughs> Bread this get. Indeed. Oh shoot, I just accidentally opened up my class tab page for Canvas. <laughs> Boo. God, please don't bring up um, Canvas right now. I'm so triggered. I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> oh, I can tell you. I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that. I don't need to think of that. I have mine open in front of me and I'm just looking at, just looking at the tab. I'm like, like starting to stress out. Wait, I'm kind of stressed out looking at my stuff because I have all my internship tabs open oh with this. So. I have my grad school applications open. <laughs> it, it's good. It's good. Growing up is stupid. Life sucks. I'm going to be a kid forever. Let's go back to fucking... Um, yeah, can we just go to, like, New England and buy a practical magic house and, like, have a garden and, like... That'd be awesome. You know, that would be just, the dream. Just vibe out. Well, we have Midnight to make margaritas. <laughs> we have to make this podcast wildly successful first, so we can make all our money off of it. So we'll have to, and then we can buy our practical magic house. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's my dream. Okay, that's exactly what we're gonna do. Okay, it's a good we'll dream. Manifest it or whatever. Manifesting is a thing, right? Yeah, manifesting works. That's what okay, we'll let's make this podcast will be extremely, extremely successful. We'll have a big podcast, so we can. I'll just live in a practical magic house and not have to worry about stuff. Okay. That would be the dream. Emma time. Emma, time for your angsty, angsty story. It's Emma I'm time. stressed out. <laughs> okay. I'm terrible at reading out loud, so this will be interesting. Bro, I messed you up. dare popcorn it. I messed up so much. I really want a popcorn. Can I please? dare popcorn read it? I read my whole please. thing. Yeah, Ellie read her. But I. Uh, Ellie's good at reading out loud, though. I stuttered so many I times. Read. <laughs> I, I, I can't I don't know, read. Suddenly, I, I don't know, I can't read suddenly. Suddenly, I've, I've lost the ability to comprehend. Tell us your angst. Okay, you fine. Read your tags? <laughs> no, not really. I did tags. that just for, like. Not really. <laughs> read your tags. 
I will not. <laughs> it is just to help people find it. Okay, trigger warning. I'll say this up front. Oh, I should have done trigger warning. Uh, we can have the Just next. saying, this story includes cutting, death, and use of guns. So if any of that triggers you, you may not want to listen to this story. Dun, dun, dun. Out your trigger warning. It just says trigger warning gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's how things are, like, written. Just I mean, done. I could do trigger warning shooting or something like that, but that's the gist of it. The gist? The gist? You know. The geist? Okay. <laughs> Let's do this. Stop stalling! I'm stressed out. <laughs> okay, I had to get my sip of water. Hydrate yourself. <sighs> okay. Here we go. I might pause some because I get stressed out reading continuously. Alright. <laughs> Don't stress. <laughs> I do stress. You can okay. take little breaks if you want. I'll do it whenever I have breaks in here. I'll take pauses. <laughs> okay. There wasn't a cloud in the sky the morning Junior died. You can't catch me, Mama. Junior runs from Francesca around the house the morning of with his necktie on his head. Donnie laughs at the sight and ties his around his head in the same fashion. He stops Junior after they dash around the house for a moment. Now, Junior, as much as I like what you've going, going on here, can I show you how a real man wear it? My dad taught me, and I want to show you. Yeah, I want to be like you, Daddy. Daddy. Donnie pops his collar. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I already hate reading this. <laughs> Donnie pops his collar, takes his tie off his ne- head, and wraps around his neck. Okay, son, I'm gonna, let's get yours looking like mine. He adjusts Junior's tie to reflect his own. Watch him follow my lead. Cross it over, loop behind. Hey, you're getting it. You're a natural. All right, now loop it around twice. Go inside the knot and tighten. That's it. Junior runs up to Francesca, who stands in the door frame with a smile plastered across her face. Look, mommy, I'm a real boy. I'm a real boy. That's what I was about to say. I'm a real man now. (laughs) Church goes like every other Sunday does. Junior fights to put on his church clothes on. Francesca hairsprays her hair as high as she can get it, and Donnie has a new excuse to why he can't go inside. Before Francesca could even get one word out, he was gone as quick as the pack of cigs in his... <laughs> wow, I'm doing good. Pack of cigs in his coat pocket. She wished he'd come in every now and then for Junior, but had ingrained to him something terrible would happen if he did. The last time Donnie stepped on... <laughs> What'd you just say? <laughs> The Catholic guilt will get you. It will get you, I tell you. (laughs) That's kind of one of the things that inspired my story was being Catholic, so. That's the trauma of Catholic school. (laughs) You know, it'd be like that. It'd be like that. It'd be like that sometime. Alright, here we go. We're back to business. (laughs) The last time Donnie stepped on holy ground was Junior's baptism, but he was a different man back then. It was as if all the water took the good out of Donnie and put it in Junior. Donnie is a tall but stout fellow with a beer belly, ill temper, and slick coal black hair. A gold tooth shines at the front of his mouth, just as prominent as the sunglasses he wears, despite the time of day. Francesca is the complete opposite of Donnie, but had a hankering for getting into trouble with the wrong crowd. She isn't stupid or ugly by any means, 
but it seemed like her life was the butt of God's joke. She never sees her life as important, unless she's on the arm of a man or impressing the other women who give off the illusion of sex appeal. Mask goes like normal. Sit, stand. Sit, stand. Kneel, stand. Sit, sing, and say goodbye. Donnie stands at the foot of the stairs, finishing up his smoke break as Francesca and Junior walk out, hand in hand. Junior carries a pen drawing he drew on one of the pew papers for collections, and Francesca fans away the rush of summer air. He waits until they exit the church grounds before he tussles Junior hair and turns to greet him. If it ain't the talk of all Red Hook, hey Junior, what do you say we beat this heat and I take your mama and you out for some ice cream and a soda pop? Would you like that? Junior nods in agreement and jumps up and down. Francesca juts in. As long as you don't spoil your lunch, you hear? I won't. Donnie and Francesca's eyes meet, both of their gazes just as defying as the others. Donnie swallows hard and tosses the butt of his cigarette at Francesca's feet and pulls Junior with him. She mashes it out with the heel of her shoe, pushes up her cat-eye shades, and accompanies Junior's other side. Donnie eyes a group of men walking across on the opposite side of the street. I thought, I thought you were going to say he swallows the... He yeah, he just swallows it like a snake. <laughs> just goes. <laughs> he swallows it like a snake. <laughs> Whole thing still burning. Yikes! All right, continuing. The trio arrives at Marco's Milkshake Bar and Diner, a couple blocks down from St. Christopher's. Junior walks in, and Francesca begins to follow, but Donnie grabs her wrist, stopping her from moving any further. He moves closer to his ear, his grip tightening as the distance decreases. Now, you're going to get him whatever he wants, or I'll give you a hook to your other eye. I'm all about matching. Go ahead, you coward. Donnie rears up, but stops himself when he is quickly reminded of their public appearance as Junior calls for her. He releases his grip, leaving a red reminder on her forearm. Francesca pulls down her sleeve, composes herself, and walks into the diner. Donnie leads on the brick wall of the diner's front, fiddling with a toothpick between his teeth. The group of men from across the street approach him. The one farthest to the foreground wears a tan suit jacket with a side piece at his hip and two other fellows. The man in the ja- tan jacket stretches his word. Donnie Brooke. That's my name. What's it mean to you? Boss man hasn't been too happy with what he's been hearing about you lately. Words got around says you got a target on your head with a pretty big pat price to pack it. Is that so? I haven't done nothing that nobody else out around here hasn't already done. Gotta do what you can to make it through living. Francesca and Junior walk out the front, the bells on the door clanging behind them. Junior holds a scoop, uh, a double scoop of strawberry swirl, his favorite. The ice cream drips down the side of the cone onto Junior's fingers. Donnie, what seems to be the matter here? Francesca urges. Nothing important. Why don't you run back inside and get some napkins? Junior's making a mess. Come on, Junior. Let's get you cleaned up. No, no, no. He can stay. He needs to see how a real man handles a couple of wise guys. I don't think that's such a good idea, Don. Donnie steps forward. Francesca, I swear to God. Her eyes dart toward Junior, and then she quickly turns. I'll go get those napkins. Just be careful, please. Donnie turns around with the Junior at his side the sugary substance still dripping down his hand onto the concrete. Now, where were we? I believe I was mentioning the bounty I'm about to get from getting your head. With a cocked eyebrow, he lifts his suit jacket to 
revealing a small silver pistol tucked in his waistband. Donnie moves to stand in front of Junior. Hey now, I don't want no trouble. You got a score to settle, then we can handle this someplace else. He turns to Junior. Go help Mama. Go on, get. Junior opens the door where Francesca meets him and cleans him up inside. How do I know you'll keep that deal? The man in the hand coat rebukes. You have my word. All right, Don. But you, neither, you better not be pulling any funny business. No funny business. Look, let's just take this off the street. We've already attracted enough attention as is. Donnie, along with the man and his posse, go into the alley next to Marco's. A breeze blows through the tunnel, and a rat rummages around in a nearby dumpster. Sorry, I have to pause. A super rat. <laughs> a super rat. Oh, you're, just, you're just a rat. You're just a super rat. I had to have that in there. Okay. The tan coat man stands with his henchman at each side of the alley across from Donnie. Look, I don't want to kill you. I really don't. But I need that money. Otherwise... The man makes a finger gun with his right hand, placing it over Donnie's heart. Boom. Johnny swats his hand. Donnie draws. Wow. Donnie swats his hand away. I don't have the money right now, but I can get it to you. I promise. I got this guy. The man chuckles, cutting Donnie off. That's not good enough. You still haven't paid last month's payment, and this isn't the first time you've gotten behind. Boss man is tired of waiting on such a sorry slop of a man. Hey, you shut the hell up, Donnie stubs shut the man. Shut the hell up! <laughs> I can't say, I knew you were going to do that. I was like, as soon as I say this, Isabel's going to do that. <laughs> Anyways, back to me. <laughs> you shut the hell up, Donnie shoves the man. I think you're forgetting who has the gun here, Don. The man draws the gun, pointing it at Donnie. Without hesitation, Donnie swats the weapon out of the man's hand and charges at him knocking the man to the ground. The side piece and the chump next to him back away, and the other henchman grabs the gun. Donnie punches the man in the tan in the nose and gets back on his feet. Donnie's back faces the exit of the alley. Inside the diner, Francesca finishes cleaning up Junior and they walk out the diner's front. Francesca drops her purse and bends down to pick up the items that spread across the cracked pavement. Junior wanders toward the corner of the alley's entrance toward the commotion. The henchman hands the gun back to the tan coat man and he raises at Donnie. Game over. Donnie sidesteps right before the man pulls the trigger and the bullet barely misses his chest going through the flap of his suit jacket. Ha! You missed! Donnie exclaims as he inspects the bullet hole in his coat. The man in tan goes wide-eyed and lowers his pistol. What? Donnie turns around to reveal Junior standing behind him. Daddy? Junior looks up at his father, with tears rimming his eyes, and a bloodied white shirt. That was the last thing he said before he and his ice cream melted onto the ground. The man and his sidekicks run off down the alleyway, in the opposite direction, to avoid trouble as Donnie stands frozen, speechless. Francesca runs, rushes around from the corner with her purse and napkin still in hand. The color drains from her face as she discovers Junior's lifeless body on the pavement. She lets out a blood-curdling scream as she rushes toward him. She tries to pack the wound, but the blood just keeps coming, turning white into red quicker than she can manage. Help! Anyone! My baby! She turns around to Junior, tears running down her face. My baby. Passerbys gather around, but any effort is hopeless. Not even God can save him now. Yikes. Dark. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Yikes. 
I like it. Okay. Had to get a sip of water. I don't know how you went through that whole thing without sipping water, Ellie. Yeah, it's, it's, she's, because she's moist. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd she's say moist. that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't like that, that but okay. I'm just putting it out there. Ellie's moist. That's why she didn't have to drink water. I guess I'm not then. <laughs> I'm dry. <laughs> you know what? I don't think either of those are good okay, to this be. Is kind of taking it. <laughs> this is kind of taking a turn. Anyways. <laughs> Give us the Okay. <laughs> Let me continue. <laughs> After the funeral, Francesca finally divorced Donnie and rented an apartment with the money she was going to use for her and Junior to leave him. After losing Junior, she lost a piece of herself. For a while, she went off so off-grid that no one could find her. Her friends said she'd gone mad. Rumors were around that she'd joined some underground boxing club with ex-convicts. She needed fight the club? release. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, fight club. She just joined <laughs> fight club? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't talk about fight club, number right. one. <laughs> She needed the release. Come to find out, the only time that she felt sane and had a clear mind was while she was bo- boxing. It was sadistic in a way, but clarity came with pain. The pain of losing a love and all the torment she endured over the years, but mostly the thrill and release of inflicting it on others. Finally fighting back. Cormac and Quinn were part of the Westies Irish Mafia that operated in Hell's Kitchen before they were arrested. They were arrested on petty charges and were given parole. After serving their time, they changed their names, turned their lives around, helping the community instead of harming it. That's when the boxing group came afloat and Francesca entered their lives. They befriended her after meeting her in a bar and taught her how to defend herself. When they deemed her ready, they joined Francesca on her road of revenge. Donnie wasn't particularly challenging to track down because he had about as much wits as Junior did time. It was too much of a cheapskate to change the locks. Together, the trio kidnapped Donnie off his dirty old recliner and took him to a secure location near the shipping yards. Okay, this is when it gets... Disclaimer, I am not a bad person, but you. this is where you really don't want to pay attention if <laughs> cutting triggers you. No, I like it. No. No, go off, Francesca. Just telling you. I want Francesca to go, go off. off. Go off. Go off, sis. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Donnie is slammed on the chair by Cormac, with ropes bound across his chest and extremities. He is gagged and has a musty bag over his head. Quinn removes the bag off Donnie's head, revealing his ex-wife, Francesca, sitting with one leg crossed over the other while wielding a knife. Donnie Brooke. The room is dark, except for one light dangling above his chair, and was empty except her opposing chair, a broken mirror, and a couple of wooden crates. Francesca chuckles and uncrosses her legs. As she saunters across the room, her eyes express the intent of her mission. What's wrong, Donnie? You look so scared all of a sudden. She runs her fingers across the blade slowly, methodically, her reflection coming to focus as she turns it in her hands. Everything about her was just the way Donnie remembered it. The same hair sprayed updo, the same tight pants, and the same bright red lipstick, but there was something different about her eyes. There wasn't the fear in them that Donnie used to love to see. You know, 
You should be used to knives by now, considering the amount of times you've stabbed me in the back. Donnie mumbles something incomprehensible, and Francesca takes off the gag. He coughs a few times before he begins to speak. Fran, I know I haven't been the best man. I know about the other girls, Don. I'm not stupid. All the cash withdrawals and you vanishing all the time. At first I thought it was just mafia business, which I could let slide, but no. You messed with all those call girls with money you know we didn't have. Francesca, I... Francesca cuts him off. Don't lie. I talked to Luca. Who the hell's Luca? Luca Sot Jr. Francesca, you have to understand. I never meant for him to get hurt. I was just trying to show him how to be a man. Well, yeah, but I sent him away as soon as things got out of hand. I tried to protect him. If you really wanted to protect him, you would have never gotten involved with them in the first place. Being a man has nothing to do with masculinity. It's about taking care of your family and the people you love. She pauses for a moment, composing herself. Which is something you know nothing about. I was okay toughing it out for Junior's sake, but once you hurt my baby, ain't no Mrs. Nice Guy. All those times that you hurt me over and over just because of your fragile grasp of being a man. Do you know how that feels, Don? Look, what do you want me to do? I can't bring him back. And I miss him too, every day, okay? He was my son too. You don't get to claim him. You didn't change his diapers or take care of him when he was sick. You only cared about him when it was convenient. Francesca turns her back and takes a deep breath. After a moment, she turns back around laughing hysterically. What? Oh, nothing. It's just, for a second there, I almost felt sorry for you. She runs the blade across, side across his jugular. I oughta just kill you right now. But that's too good for you. After all, I want you to remember this moment. You don't have to do this, Fran. I know those things were terrible I did to you, but I've changed. Please, Donnie begs. What do you say I give you a taste of your own medicine, huh? A nice dose of stainless steel to cure you. She turns the chair to face the cracked mirror in the room. As Francesca speaks, she stares blankly, her words taking over the rage she has within. Something so that every single day you take a, a look at your sorry ass in the mirror, you'll remember me in this moment. Donnie whimpers and closes his eyes, beginning to pray. Don't you start praying to God now. It's too late for that. Open your eyes, you hypocrite. We both know you aren't a Christian man. She pauses for a moment and a grimace wicked as the devil himself fills her face. Oh, Donnie. You know, you just gave me the best idea. I know the perfect gift to give you. She tilts his head up with the end of the knife, locking eyes with him. You're really gonna need those prayers now. She points the knife at herself and clears her throat. Allow me. In the name of the father, she slices his forehead. And of the son, she slices across his sternum, and of the holy left shoulder, spirit right shoulder. Donnie whimpers in pain. Francesca drops the knife and it clanks to the floor. She leans in and whispers the word of completion. Amen. One by one, the men were reminded of their sins. Francesca made a name for herself among the crime lords and the wife beaters. 
She became nicknamed the Pope in the community after the incident for the signature mark she leaves on abusers and the blessings that followed her appearance. Each Sunday after the incident of losing Junior, she went to St. Chip Christopher's clad in a white dress. And every time after my mass, she walked a couple blocks to Marco's and bought herself a double scoop of strawberry swirl ice cream. The oh, end. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. Hell that yeah, was so bro. good. That was good. I liked it, Emma. Good job. Man, Francesca, Thank I, you. Feel, I feel like she deserves it, though. She deserves to stab some people, actually. Good for her. <laughs> good for her. <laughs> it's kind of morally gray, but at the yeah. same time, you're kind of like, yeah, good for her. Good for her. It, it gave her me too. Punisher vibes. I like so. it. Like an antsy hero thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my short story. Good job. Wow, I was you guys so talented. Man, why are we all so fucking talented? (laughs) (laughs) You will be. Wow, you guys really killed it. Okay, are we gonna, um, I have another one, but I mean, we've been talking for a while, though. I think, I think those two were good. Yeah, I think that was pretty good. I mean, we can always do this another time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was fun. I liked, I liked story time. Yeah, we're about to cap in and... We're at 55 right now, so yeah, we should oh, probably wrap yeah. it up. <laughs> that was great, guys. You might have Good to edit this one. Good job. Good for Francesca. All right. Well, get it, queen. <laughs> get it, get it, queen. Go Good off, sis. Me singing Francesca. All right, well. Good for her. <laughs> Good work, everybody. And I'm glad that we're podcasting again, because I've missed it. And yeah. I've missed I hope our mi- listeners have missed us as much as we miss them, so. Yeah, who's ever out there? They better. In the ether. <laughs> Alright. Alright, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we hope to do this again sometime. If you want your short story read, send it to our email at youcancallmehazybaby at gmail.com. Oh, and, and when you do, do that, put feature. in the request of who you want to read it. Yes. Don't request me. I'm just kidding. Request Ellie. Please don't request me. Request Isabel. No, request yeah, Isabel Ellie has to read some. I can't read. Yeah, I forgot how to read also. I don't know how I did that. Oh. Uh, it was the spirit of the short story. Yeah. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in. All uh, right. We hope to see you next time. Wait, wait, this wait, 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 wait. We gotta oh, plug wait. the, um... I almost did it again! We gotta What's our social media, Ellie? Uh, so we're at Instagram and Tumblr and... Oh, wait. What's the other one? Twitter. 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 Yeah, fuck, I forgot about Twitter. We're at Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, at Maximum Bump Pod. And that's where you can find us. And also... And I said our email already, but... Our email is... You can, you can call, call me Hazy Baby, yeah. Yeah, you can call me hazybaby at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Send us your requests, your ideas, your, I guess, your life's goals. Your hate. Or if you want to just get a message from Tabasco, too, that's fine. Yeah, right. we can, send you, you, a, we can Tabasco, send you a message please. from Tabasco. I'll drop her on top of the keyboard and see what she says. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now... I did it. It would only be fair if I, like, almost cut us off. Just, like, every time. That's okay. Without, like, properly doing it, so. Okay. 
This has been Maximum Bumpitude. <laughs>